Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This My Bird Podcast. I am your host, Perry, and with me this week is Bird Boy. Actually, it's you, Swan. You really like that, man. I think Bird Boy is so funny for no particular reason. It is pretty funny. I'll give I don't, it to you. But, but like, what about it is funny? Is it the alliteration? I just, I mean, could you imagine a half bird, half boy like that? Oh, I hate it. Yep. It's your joke, man. I was running with it. I, th- I think I think the alliteration is what kills it there, because if it's like bird guy, okay, actually bird guy's pretty funny too. <laughs> next week. Next week we got Next that. week. Sure, we'll why not? Next week. Hey, if you are new to the show, welcome. Thank you for being here for the first time. If you are a returning listener, show everybody around, why don't you? Show them the ropes. There's uh, three bathrooms. And uh, one of them's permanently clogged. Never mind. I lost it. The ice you, cream machine's always broken. It's always broken, man. Yep. We've, we've called Hector. He's supposed to be in next Tuesday, but he keeps pushing it back by eight months. I feel like so. we just described a McDonald's with an extra bathroom. With an extra bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, if you're new here, please subscribe. Leave us a rating and review. It's a great way to help out the podcast. You can check out all of our apparel and merchandise, bourbonshop.threadless.com. So for our Glen Cairns, let's say this is my bourbon drinking glass over at whiskeyambitions.com. Thank you, Chad and Sarah, if it's bourbon night. And patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month. Help support the show. Five bucks gets you some bonus content. More about that on the back end of the episode. Swan. Yeah. We usually start every week with flying blind. We do. Let me scramble to find something to blend you with. <laughs> Here we go. Give me a give me a Glen Cairn there, Swanee. This is not too high proof. So it won't kill your palate for the review later. Ooh, okay. Y'all ready for this? Remarkably similar to what we were just drinking. <laughs> I'll reveal why in a second. It's a secret. No, it's a little higher proof. Got a little more of a peanutiness to it. I like this a lot. Oh. <sighs> Definitely has a little more bite to it than uh, than what we just had. Yeah, I love the nose on this one. I got so this is a sample from a listener. That's what I need to start doing. A great way to kind of get through samples is to do them in flying blind for you, because you don't normally know what samples <laughs> I get. Just <laughs> went down wrong. No kidding. I was not expecting it to be that hot uh-huh. mid palate. Whew. Gotta stop drinking scotch. Man, that snuck <laughs> up on me. <laughs> I do like it, though. It reminds me of some, like, turkey, beam kind of stuff. Well, I can confirm it's neither of those distilleries. Mm-hmm. And is, in fact, a collaboration between two. Oh, okay. For a third brand. I'm lost. So it's Watson's Barrel Proof. Mm. 116.98 proof. And it's a collaboration between Buffalo Trace and Heaven Hill. Doesn't drink like either one of those. No, it does not. It absolutely doesn't. I think that you were kind of spot on when you're saying like a wild turkey product. Because I think it it drinks a lot more like Rare Breed. It does, yeah, but it is hot, way hotter. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. <coughs> Are you okay? Are you going to survive? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, usually I'm <laughs> fine, but this like snuck up and the building heat. Usually it's kind of just in the back of your throat. This one was like, we're going to just go ahead and relight everything. And it just kind of crept up. <laughs> Actually, so this also came from Fred Gilbert. Fred. One of our listeners. Beautiful man. Good friend of the show. He's Absolutely. a good dude. 
All right. What have you been? Uh, what have you been drinking on recently? Lots uh, of rye. I almost called you Scotch. <laughs> That's not it. That's not my name. Um, oh. I no. Lots of rye. I've been going through a lot of rye actually. Uh, I finished off a thing of Sazerac. Nice. Um, and then I had a sample of Roaming Man rye, which I almost bought more of today. You texted me about that, and I just totally forgot to text you back. Yeah. I apologize. Um, that stuff is so, so good. But it, it is hard at the price point, you know, 50-plus bucks for a 375. It's true. Um, but it's, it's good. It's great stuff. E.H. Um, Taylor rye. Had some of that. Well, I think that was about it. Just a lot of rye. Oh, Catoctin Creek. Nice. Probably bought one of theirs. I don't mean to... This is just crazy, but... The uh, I think the founder of Catoctin Creek tweeted out the other day. I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but there was an incident in front of their distillery concerning a man who was armed. Oh wow! Not a thing that you hear at distilleries very often. God, that's hot, but it is good. I know, right? <coughs> it's like 140 proof almost. Like the way it drinks. Yeah, yeah. It's good though, man. It is. It's got that classic, just like leathery caramel thing from Wathens, but man, is it very hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what have I been drinking? Let me see. I found another bottle of um, Found. Guy was selling it on secondary. Yeah. Um, ECBPA 121. Nice. So I got that yesterday can't remember i think it was yesterday i really like this batch man it yeah, drinks super good. super easily you know so i have a hard time yeah Better. don't say no when it pops up man it's good stuff it was at 80 bucks too oh that's that's i was like i can't yeah I, I, I was like i can't i can't pass this up anyway hey you want to talk about some stuff yeah, what are we talking about tonight? So, we got a couple of topics that we're going to touch on tonight. One of them is going to roll into our review for the episode as well. So, the, the first thing comes from Woodford Reserve. And the news that came out the past week that they are doubling their production capacity. So, we'll, we'll talk about some of the specs of this. And uh, then we'll talk about what it means for bourbon consumers as a whole. Yeah. And there's parts of it that are, you know, pretty understandable or like you can kind of put two and two together, connect the wires for yourself, but we'll, we'll get to it. So they are going to, as I said, double their production capacity, meaning that they're adding three new stills. Okay. To their, uh, to their still lineup. And it's supposed to be done around middle of next year. So summer 2022 ish. Um, this, I think, is showing us the bourbon producers are acutely aware of the demand for their products. Yes, they are. And in many ways, the, the way that I communicated this to you this week was, this is basically fan service, yeah. right? By giving people what they want. You know, and, and showing them that there's somebody listening and they want to support the people that support them by giving them what they came to you for in the first place. Yeah. 
So this isn't the first time that we've seen this since the bourbon boom. No, and I, I think honestly the first one I saw, other than just craft distilleries trying to fill a void for some people, like maybe they couldn't get certain products, so they're like we'll make something similar, but we'll make it here. Uh, is Buffalo Trace has been building new warehouses? That was, that was my left exact and right. Yeah, that was what I was going to um, relay. Evan Hill's been doing the same. Yeah, a lot of warehouses, but mm-hmm. this is the first person I know of, like a larger distillery, saying I need more stills. Yeah. Most people's like, I need more warehouse room. Yeah. So it's that's interesting. Well, didn't Buffalo Trace might have actually built another still? They may have. I didn't keep I up think with. There's this. a chance that they yeah. they did, but who's to say at this point? Yeah, and uh, to to you know, kind of add to that, I think Sazerac actually added an entire. Um, an entire production facility overseas. Mm. So they added okay. that, and I don't know what they plan to do with it, but I know that them adding it there had to put some pretty strict parameters on Japanese whiskey. Like, they had to actually define That's right. That's what right. yeah. Japanese whiskey was because of Sazerac building there. Mm-hmm. And so, who knows? We may see you know, more stuff get put out there and them keep more of that stuff at home and maybe not want as much bourbon brought over into that area i doubt it i think they're still gonna want their fair share of blanton's whatever they get wherever they're at you know yeah um what was your point (laughs) i'm sorry i I like that they're still building you know like buffalo traces has built so much they built a new production facility they built new warehouses like they they expanded as far as fan service goes so much the big thing is, and this is going to be a problem for Woodford and really anyone else, you build all these things, cool. It's not going to take effect tomorrow. It's going to take years, years and years and years. Yeah, and it building warehouses is great, but it does you no good if there's nothing to put in them. So I don't, I, I, I don't truthfully know whether Woodford also has plans to build more rickhouses. Yeah, but I would be surprised if they just didn't, if they had the space in Rick houses at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, I, I, mean, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, it could be, you know, years before we see, it will be years before we see this action actually take place or, or take effect, but it's, it, you got to have some place to put it. You do, yeah. And, I mean, it's a losing game for everybody right now. Oh, for sure. Everyone's for sure. trying to scramble for space. Yeah. I mean, how many things were housed at Castle and Key before they were putting their own product in anything? Oh, Lord. Uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, stuff was getting housed there. Uh, New Riff was housing some stuff in Danville. Um, New Riff just built a new warehouse. New Riff was housing stuff in Danville? Yeah. What? Yeah, they were really. Mm-hmm. That is so far away for, from for a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, that's wild. Yeah, and from what I heard, it was rumored that some of the higher proof stuff. You know how it had that dramatic drop in proof. Uh huh. Danville was the high proof. R- really, Newport was was the lower proof stuff. Okay. Well. Yeah, and I mean, but that's that's all just. And again, I heard that from two or three people. So I'm assuming it's true. I need to do more research into it. But, um, 
I mean, people are housing stuff, my point is, everywhere, because it's just, it's impossible to keep up with demand right now. So, I mean, they're literally looking at somebody and saying, hey, can you take 30 barrels at this warehouse? Can you take 30 barrels at this warehouse? Really, the only person that's doing it well is MGP, because they're just selling off aged, you know, at any age, any varietal, just selling it off, getting rid of it. Like, I mean, it's there's so much stuff flowing out, yeah, and they've just been able to kind of keep up with that demand pretty well i mean good good for them i think that's you know yeah that's living in an ideal world yeah it and it's just not achievable by most people no especially these bigger brands our our buffalo traces our woodford reserves that Mm -hmm. you know are not able to put out the the products that are in such high demand yeah right now but here, here's the thing. I want to, I want to circle back to the fan service part of this in a second. But we've been talking about for years. Well, what's the next Weller? What's gonna take the place of my Blantons on my shelf? Here's the thing. There's a lot of daggum good whiskey out there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a replacement. Just consider it an extension. Yeah, I know I'm preaching to the choir here too. I apologize, but I do think that it's worth bringing up to people. It's pretty frequent. Somebody's like, y'all got anything good? And I was like, I got a whole aisle full of good stuff. Let's go over and look at it. And they're yeah, just like, where's oh. My, where's my E.H. Taylor? Boys? You know what I mean, buddy. Like they, they In that voice, too. Yeah. Is he also smoking a pipe through his mask? Yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely. Great guy. Love him. Fantastic. Uh, but no, I mean, that's you're right. No, that's totally a thing that people forget. Like, you don't have to say, well, I, don't, I can't drink Blanton's anymore because I can't find it. When you do find it, enjoy it. Love yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. But also realize... Rare breed's right there. Rare breed is a Blanton's killer. Don't don't love the rare breed? <laughs> Check it out. Lower proof, Kentucky Spirit. Some of the picks are phenomenal. Uh, even, you know, Russell's 10-year. Yeah. It's an older product than Blanton's is. Slightly lower proof. And it's widely available. It's also cheaper than Blanton's, for that matter. I feel like we need, like, a, a Chick-fil-A shirt where it says, Eat more chicken, but it's drink more turkey. Swan? You're a genius. Yeah, that'd be kind of funny, right? I would same font and everything. I would almost, I would almost consider giving that design to David Jennings. Yeah, because that would sell like hotcakes. It would. It'd be kind of cool. But seriously though, drink more turkey. There's so many good products on the shelf. Yeah, don't overlook them. Absolutely, I think. And turkey, I think is. I had this discussion with um, Jay from Whiskey Raiders when he was on the show a few weeks back. We are giving Turkey too much credit for being two or three steps behind everybody. Yeah. In terms of the the next big thing. Like an old bottled and bond, well, Heaven Hill did that already. Yeah. We're doing a toasted barrel. Well, everybody under the sun has done that already. Yes, they have. So I I'm of that mindset that Turkey does need to kind of step up their game and move a little bit quicker than they are at the moment. But here's the thing. They're doing it well. What they they are doing is exceptional. And I think that we should give them credit for that. And also we are probably about a year or two away from Turkey, just absolutely taking off. Yeah. And it being the next big thing. I I I fully believe that. The only thing they've done innovative is I don't think there was that many Oloroso finished like, Oh, like yeah. really well aged whiskey. A lot of them were kind of that. We're kind of hiding our five year juice that yeah. needs to a little more time. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. 
But you're right. No, they're behind. Yeah, absolutely. Even even the Cornerstone Rye. I think that, you know, they they kind of they they saw the market of people putting out you know, that was the same year that uh Parker's Heavy Char Rye yeah. came out. I think the Heavy Char Rye absolutely destroyed the Cornerstone Rye. I, I agree with you. Um but Turkey saw that other distilleries were putting out high end rye rye whiskeys. Mm-hmm. And they basically just did that. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> we can point to a, a dozen different examples of how they're they're doing this, but yeah. Then there's also more innovative distilleries like Yellowstone, which I think does a great job. Yeah, innovating absolutely. With some of their private, like larger uh, releases that they do. We were talking about that on last week's pregame chats, I think. Yeah. Which up and coming distillery were we uh, most excited to, to see? And you know, I I know that Limestone Branch is on. Are they on the craft trail? I think they're on the craft trail. Yeah. Uh, I know that they're not necessarily up and coming, but they do have a lot of really big things ahead of them. They don't really... I, I know that Yellowstone is widely available, but I don't know if people see it as like their flagship brand, even though that's what it is. Yeah. It's yeah. an entry-level brand that gets you basically on the ground floor for their more experimental stuff and gets it you is. excited for the, the yearly uh, allocated release as well i do think they need a little more cohesiveness in their entire brand 100 because there's so many people that don't tie together like you pointed out the yellowstone release the experimental stuff and then the minor case rye yep they just they're not there i think they need to take a little more of the angels envy approach where it's just like we've got angels envy <laughs> we have angels envy rye it's finished we got the seller collection we got the seller collection I mean, just kind of, it doesn't have to be the exact same verbiage and stuff, but just kind of the same shape bottle, maybe yeah. even. And I love the minor case bottle, uh, but, you know, just for brand cohesiveness, maybe. You want something <clears throat> else to drink? Sure. How about uh, this Justice House of Bourbon Three Amigos bullet pick? Love that one. You know what? Let me pour it myself first, so I'm not like handing it back and forth too much. Uh, but anyway, so this fan service thing. Yeah. It's, um,. What what really has caught my eye about it, again, is just that this is this is pretty much case in point how far behind the bourbon brand, or excuse me, the bourbon industry as a whole kind of is with catering to their consumers. Yeah. And I, nobody can foresee a boom or a crash accurately. And you can kind of make predictions, of course. But I do think that they kind of shot themselves in the foot by not doing this sooner. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like playing the stock market. People, after the fact, are just like, oh, man, why didn't it invest in blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, cool, you know, you you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. I really wish you would have invested in it. Great. But, I mean, good back for, in, like, for you. 2012, I'm sure Wild Turkey's not thinking, you know what would be great? What if we built 20 new warehouses? Yeah, absolutely. They would be loving themselves right now if they did, but nobody's <laughs> making that bet. And, it, I mean, it's the same with, like, two of the biggest fan service distilleries that have popped up in recent years, at least in my opinion, is the Rutledge stuff. Mm-hmm. Because they're just reviving old brands. Yep. And who else is reviving old brands? The Castle and Key folks. Yep. 
I mean, they're both heavily servicing like the we want nostalgic, we want a slightly new experience on it, but we want like original bourbon. Everyone kind of latched onto the dusty thing like two years ago, and they really kind of took off with that. They did. Do you, do you think that with that mindset, Castle and Key missed the mark by not putting out a a label or not using branding that was more indicative of classic brands? No, I think what I'm saying is is they, they're probably shooting themselves in the foot because they didn't do it four years sooner. Ah. It would I mean if if you could have predicted the bourbon boom, like like you pointed out, like if you could have gone back and said in two thousand and ten, you know what? I'm gonna redo this entire distillery. I wanna put out bourbon. I wanna make sure this is done correctly. They're not going to start that till the bourbon boom happens no. because that's a an, an investment that's just not going to recoup that much money until something like this happens. That is true. Yeah, but what I what I know that I misinterpreted your statement initially. Yeah, there's just like but a I, lag time behind yeah, everything. Yeah. But I do want to kind of come back to what I was saying as well, just so I can kind of make this point and yeah. get get it out of. The, Get it out of the way. Um, I'm going to be as delicate with this as I possibly can. Go for it. By not keeping the visionary that was aiming to project their brand into the, the mainstream market. Yeah. They lost what it was that made it so authentic in the first place and the reason behind the product being what it is or what it's going to be in the future. And by losing that initial vision, we now have a mixed message from a company like Castle and Key. I think, I mean, to hit back on your point, you have a very modern looking bottle you have a very modern really everything on a very historical ground it is a little mixed messagey um you know and i i have friends that work at castle and key and i've been honest with them i think the rye is not my favorite rye i think the single barrels that are going to come out that are are coming out right now are are pretty decent but what do you like there's castle and key single barrels single barrel rye coming out they have come out already. What? Yeah. They're last Friday, this Friday, and next Friday. Higher proof too. They're like hundred and twelve ish. I'm such a sucker. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> like I mean here I've just been dogging on them for a minute and then you're like, Oh, but they got a new product. I'm like, Well, son <laughs> Yeah. But I mean that I just I don't know. It's a conflicting message. Would I have liked the person you're referring to vaguely to have stayed? Yes. But I feel like that person was really trying to dig into a heritage brand. And I think they realized that to stay afloat, we need to put out product now. And we need it to look... and We need it to stand out on the bourbon shelf. Yeah. Heritage brands don't always do that very well. That Your maker's mark, your, your ones that like are staples, 
they don't have to update because no one cares what it looks like. Yeah. It could literally come in a wine bottle with a label that looks like a post-it note that says Maker's Mark on it, and people are still going to buy it. Weird branding, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> who do, who changed the Maker's Mark bottle? <laughs> yeah. And if somebody, I mean, they can't put out a Taylor bottle. It's not even, like, the cork's not even wrapped up. <laughs> it's just a wine cork that's been reinserted into the bottle. Yeah. Guess I'll take this home. Must be fine. <laughs> that company could dip anything in red wax. Why, and it would sell. why is it green now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they, they just had conflicting messages. It needed to stand on the shelf. They can't put out an old Taylor bottle because Sazerac. I mean, it just, it was a weird thing where she seemed like she was really wanting to make a very, very quality product and yep. put it out under kind of like a more heritage style label and have kind of a new twist to it. I think they did a really good job with their vodka and gin labeling in that kind of way. Yeah. But they've moved to this bottle. It stands out on the shelf. And I, I can't say that maybe this is what she wanted, but at the same time, Product's not bad, just not for me. Yeah, same, yeah. same here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't have much else to say about it. I, it's it's honestly. a weird predicament. Yeah, and and I I didn't mean to tangentialize the conversation in the way that I did. It yeah. was just something I I didn't even have the intention of doing it. It just kind of is where the conversation went. So yeah, that's how it goes here on this My Bourbon Podcast. Y'all know that. Yeah. So what do you think about other fan service distilleries? Like, look at the Rutledge stuff. What do you think about that? Um, I don't think that they're putting out good enough quality to fully be considered fan service. I think that they're trying to revive brands because they don't have any original ideas. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just being frank. Like, yeah. He, and you can be Steve if you, if you want. Oh, okay. But, never mind. <laughs> but I, I truly don't think that they have a creative direction behind them or a team that is being creative enough with the the brands that they're putting out. That's fair. And it's fine. Do what you want. Bring out your Kings of Kentucky and your cream of Kentuckys and whatnots. But I, I, I don't know. The, the blue run or bull run or whatever it's called. Blue run. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think that's some of the laziest design work I've ever seen. To be quite honest, I you know I I've tried all their stuff. I I liked it all right. I just didn't think it commanded the price tag. Exactly. That's I just the, think the that's, price point was bad. Yeah, that's the other thing too. They're not being. I don't think that they're being meticulous enough either with their products. Uh-oh. And I I look, it's cool. I love vintage stuff. I love when people revive vintage stuff. I think it's awesome. Seeing people recreate Grateful Dead shirts from, you know, early tours. I love that stuff. I would prefer to buy that shirt than I would one from the 70s or the 80s. Like, I just can't, I can't justify paying that. But if I have one that looks as cool and that I feel comfortable wearing and I'm not going to put on every time and think, oh my gosh, I spent $150 on this t-shirt, then that's fine. Same kind of goes for these new revival brands. New revival is an oxymoron, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. They they are reviving these old brands. Would it be awesome to have a bottle an original King of Kentucky bottle? Absolutely. I would love to do that. But here's these guys who are putting out the the exact same label, the exact same bottle a hundred years later. And while that is cool, the notion of it is cool. 
it's just not worth it. You know? And and yeah. I don't I think that fan service only goes so far as to be justified when the end product is worth it. I, Any, I can agree. Anything else is just trying to make a dollar. Yeah. Because fan service is exactly what it says. You are listening to the people who are consuming your product and you are giving them what they want. Yeah. I mean, Heaven Hill just did a big one, fan service wise. Absolutely. Warren Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Picks. You got it, buddy. You want some, uh, some, uh, uh, some Dagum, the wheat whiskey. Yeah. Have you seen that? Cast Strength Wheat Whiskey? Yeah. Yep. The, uh, why can't I think of the name? Bernheim. Bernheim, thank you. Yep. <laughs> They're doing a, a barrel proof Bernheim, they which are. is awesome. I can't wait to try that. And I, I think, here's the thing though. I know that it's taken them a little bit of time, but I do think that they have listened to their their fan base. They listened to their followers, and maybe in some ways they could have taken after people like Old Forester, who did almost the same thing this time last year. Yeah, right. But <laughs> I'm not mad about it. It's something we've been calling for for a long time, and sure enough, yeah, you're right. They just said, "Okay, let's do this thing." Come on down. We'll put your name on the list. You're going to get yourself a barrel-proof Elijah Craig like you've been asking and, and moaning and complaining for. Are you happy? And yeah. they, they hold the pen in your hand for you and force you to write your name and sign it. Sounds like the best kidnapping ever. I am. <laughs> just. <laughs> it's not even kidnapping at that point. It's like, nah, never mind. Not going to say that. Anyway, uh, yeah, so to circle back, I, I just think that when you talk about these bigger name brands that are revivals, either show up or show yourself out. That's, that's all I have to say hey, about it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, there's enough lackluster whiskey in this world that is overpriced. Don't add to the pile. Yeah. Do your work, do your homework, make it a product that somebody is going to enjoy purchasing and enjoy purchasing again sharing with people, sharing with people again, and are proud to own in their collection. Yeah, I mean, I guess the goal for every $100 plus bottle is for you to buy it and go, I would do this again. Absolutely. It's the return on investment. Yeah. There, there is no reason why we should still be getting average whiskey at a premium price. Yeah. There is zero reason why, except for the fact that people are driven by money. That's that's all that is is keeping this from really moving on to the next level. Yeah. Otherwise, just don't do it. Just don't do it. There's there are better products out there that we can spend just as much money on or we can spend just as much money on multiple bottles. Yeah, that's totally fair. You know? Yeah. So that's my hot take for the week. Man, you, you <laughs> <guess>. went in. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm very I honestly didn't even realize that I felt this way, but I am very fed up with it. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very tired of being let down by premium products. And it's just because something got rushed. That's all it is. Something either got rushed or somebody just didn't put in the time. Yeah. And, inst and instead, they're still making bank and laughing about it all the way to the bank. Yeah, that one got away from me. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, and then I guess the last real element of like fan service with whiskey is uh, like 
and we mentioned this a couple weeks ago too, content creators putting out large amounts of picks mm-hmm. and uh, new releases and things like that. I mean, Chad and Sarah and quite a few others have teamed up with like Shared Pour and uh, people have done stuff with Sealbox and yeah. stuff like that, really trying to get whiskey to consumers that you know aren't local to wherever these content creators are and give them a unique pick or a unique blend that that person's putting out. So I think we've kind of hit everything with the, <laughs> the fan service stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Do you have anything else to add? I mean, yeah, we've got uh, we've got a new kind of fan servicey whiskey in a uh, in a way in a way. So you have not heard about this. I have not. No, this um, was news to me. This was news to you. It came out of came out of left field. So barrel, and we're going to be reviewing a barrel product here in a few minutes, has uh, put out a less premium brand. I say less premium. It's still 50 bucks a bottle. Um, but you good there? Yeah, I'm just drinking. That was some loud chugging. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to really amp that up in the, in the edit. Please do make it weird. (laughs) I'm going to put a lot of reverb on it. Yeah. But, Barrel is making basically a Kentucky Owl confiscated. Yeah, that's a good way of, of putting it. Yeah. They're making so, an accessible entry point to their brand. Mm-hmm. So they've got a bourbon and a rye and single barrels, right? Nice. Um, the bourbon is bottled at 114.98 proof. And the rye, by the way, I don't know if we said the brand name. Stellum? S-T-E-L-L-U-M. Okay. I don't know if we did. And the rye is bottled at 116.24 proof. And, oh, excuse me, I got the the price wrong. It's $55. But still. I mean, for how much you're, you know, getting proof-wise, I'm not mad at that. I'm not either. I think that's a good deal. Yeah. And honestly, for the barrel products, and we'll review one here in just a little bit. We've got a newer batch to kind of dig into. I don't think they're inappropriately priced where they're at. I think they're all very appropriately priced. They have yet to have one that I really, really dislike. There's a few that have thrown me for a loop and kind of confused me. But we're going to, you and I are going to, I think, I don't know if you fully agree to this or not, but I do have a video I want to film and I wanted you to be a part of it as well. Yeah. Where we review one of the barrel products. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, no, it's staring back at me. No but spoilers like, on that one. Dovetail, uh-huh. Armida, uh, some of those have just been like, wow, this is super interesting and I like it, but I yeah. don't know what I like about it. There's also some things that just I don't like, but <laughs> am I going to take another drink? Yes. Like, they, I don't know. I've I've never thought poorly about buying one at, at whatever price point. Knowing that they have this new one, at $55, I'm excited. I am too. But I don't really feel like it's an extension of Barrel. Am I wrong for that? Like, no, I feel not like at this all. is a new... Not at all. A it, new chapter. Yeah, it doesn't have anything branding-wise. Have you looked up a picture of it? No. So, I'll, I'll text it to you here real quick. But they don't have anything, uh, it, as far as the branding goes, that, <laughs> that looks any way, shape, or form similar to to barrel as a branding guy do you like that do you like that it's completely different um kind of yes and kind of no the i like that it stands on its own but it's the same thing we were talking about earlier 
with Yellowstone. It they don't have cohesion. Yeah. You know. And even if it said something like Stellum by barrel. Something to connect it. Right? That I think would be more appropriate than just straight up going It's a new product, boys. Have fun. <laughs> and just leaving it at that. Yeah. So it's in the Van Winkle bottle. It is in the Van Winkle bottle. It is in the Van Winkle bottle. Um, <laughs> Just what we need. We're getting more of them, man. More it's. It, I knew it was going to happen, and it's happening right in front of our faces. Yeah. I could I, I could go on about it for a while, but I've already done that once tonight. So yep. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. I think that this is going to be a great way for people to get into barrel products as a whole. But I also think that they are they are not doing a whole lot of legwork for the people that they're trying to get in on the ground floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, unless somebody tries it and they're like, holy moly, I gotta find out more about this company. Uh, it's kind of a non-starter. Well, this is like, to compare it to another brand that's pretty famous for this. Uh, this is their bakers to the bookers. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, there, I, I wonder if it's going to get as overlooked as Baker's does, because Baker's only recently has come into like some, um, you know, people come in looking for it on a regular basis because Booker's is you know a hundred bucks, and yeah. when it is on the shelf, it's just hard to look at that and go, yes, that's what I want. Especially knowing that this one is almost a seven-year, and the Baker's is a seven-year. I need to do Booker's v. Bla- Baker's blind. I I, th- I think Booker's is going to win handily uh, because the proof difference for you. I don't disagree with you. Um, I think it is going to be pretty obvious what's what. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like it would be interesting. Yeah, I feel like it would just be another hot take if I'm like, yeah, Baker's is better than the Booker's is. I think it's a better value than Booker's. I think so, too. I don't think I can say it's better. Yeah. It's about the same year. <laughs> year. It's about the same age, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I was just saying. This yeah. this new Donahoe's batch is almost seven years. Yeah, but Baker's is age stated at seven. It's seven and some change now on their yeah. neck tag. It'll get almost to seven years and 11 months in a lot of cases. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. They didn't totally do away with the old style bottle, right? I think they did. I think Costco just decided I'm going to order a pallet <laughs> of it, and we've seen it around for a very long time. Well, let's just... Uh... It's, Let's just take a gander. Yeah, Baker small batch. See if that's a thing still. Does not look like Baker small batch is a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just single barrel. Wow. Huh. I know where you can get some. Costco. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good thing we have a Costco membership. Yeah. You don't uh, have to have one for the liquor store. You do now. <gasps> yep. What? They changed it sometime towards the end of last year. At least this one did. Oh, here in town. I've just been going in. Like, I own the place. How, how, how recently have you done this? Like, a month ago. Oh. And have you actually bought something? No. Oh, uh, well, see, there's the thing. You can go in and look. Yeah. But to actually buy something? 
You have to have a membership, mm. which I thought was illegal. I thought it was, but hey, I mean, they do their thing, man. It's Costco. It's fine. Whatever. Do you think that more brands with premium expressions should consider putting out these less premium entry products? No. All right. See you guys next week. <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't. Uh, the only reason I say that is because if you have a product like Barrel where it is genuinely worth the money, don't dilute down what you can do. Unless you want to come up with a new expression completely. That's fair. That's, that's fine. Uh, I mean, but th- I don't know. I think Peerless does this about better than anybody. Their 200 mLs that you can buy are a very accessible price point with a really good product yeah. that you can go pick up on a regular basis. Yeah. That is a thing that I am becoming more and more a proponent of. Yeah. Is putting out higher higher priced products in smaller bottles so more people can try them. Yeah. And uh <laughs> I know. One of the cats is in one of the boxes, and he's kind of pulling it away. Yeah. I think it's Berlioz. I would assume it's Berlioz. Yeah, it is, because Knox is behind you. Yeah. Hey, Berlioz, can we stop, buddy? You have ruined two podcasts in a row. All right. Fantastic. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Trevor City does a really good job with it, too, because they're doing 200 mLs even on their picks now. I saw Adam Terry. Incredible stuff. So you can kind of spread the love a little. You know, you can give it to a lot of people. Um, I don't know. I, I like that Barrel's doing it, and I like that Jefferson's is getting away from this because at some point it's just like, okay, this is release number 76. Can we calm it down a little bit? Like, yeah. it's it's a lot, you know? Well, and um, it, it, here's, here's the thing about Barrel. Again, I do love what they're doing. It's a lot of batches, man. It is. It's a lot of batches in one year. I didn't even realize until... I don't know, 2019, 2020. Yeah. How many batches they come out with in a year? It's like four or five. That's of the regular too. I think they have been doing exactly uh, dovetail yearly. Uh Armida's probably going to be done yearly, Uh, and they've also do the uh, the New Year's batch. That is true. I just craned my neck to look around at the one that probably shouldn't be yearly. Ah, we'll review that. You know, I think it'll it'll it grew on me a little. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Not for everyone. <laughs> Again, a video in the future. YouTube.com slash listen my bourbon podcast. I didn't even mention this up top. Um, I think the week that this episode comes out, I'm going to have my first YouTube review out as well. Um, I got some work. I got to do on the back end for it. Some B-roll. I got to do some uh, intro music recording and whatnot. But I, uh, yeah, I said I was going to do the YouTube stuff. I'm moving full steam ahead with it. So my goal is basically bi-weekly. So every other week uh, I'll put out a video, hopefully, time permitting. But, you know, at the very least two a month, maybe. That'd be nice. So we'll see. But that is coming out very soon. I'll go ahead and spoil it, too. It's Makers FAE01, the newest Makers uh, wood finishing series. Yeah. I gave it remarks. I didn't want to spoil everything. I want people to watch the daggum video. Yeah, that's fair. Isn't that okay? Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, for sure. I want to see people put out, distilleries put out more small bottles of their products. Just just across the board. 
And I think that doing it with picks too is awesome. I think that's such a cool idea to put. I mean, how many people would just die over three seven five of a Weller pick, a foolproof pick? I think it'd be cool, but then you start getting into well, what if BTAC didn't release full bottles and just did like a three seven five of but, each but and then do, put out sets? But do oh, I would love that. Yeah, but like oh, you start getting that. into all of this stuff and. At what point do you just redo the entire liquor aisle? You know? You are coming at this from a very... Um, but, I mean, that's... This is, this is your field. Yeah, but, you know, I mean... This is retail think. Yeah, but just, like, you, you would have to redo the entire way people shop. Like, you really would. Because... The 200 mLs, for the most part, from Peerless, they come in, we put them on the shelf. People buy them like, on occasion. Yeah. But they're not near, in most stores, if you think about it, anywhere close to the regular bottles. It is true. You kind of have to direct people to them, yeah. or they're behind the counter or something, depending on where you're at. Okay. That is, that is a very valid point. I don't see what the problem would be with just having the same size or those two sizes side by side. We already do it with handles. We already do it with leaders. I I just don't. I think it would be just have a full AT and T raising the bar <laughs> on every bottle, <laughs> just every type. I mean, am I am I wrong? Is that not achievable? Because I feel like it is. It is. I, I think depending on where you're at, or I think is it Kentucky, a retail nightmare. It's a retail nightmare for multiple yeah. reasons I'm not going to get into, but I would love it. I think that'd be fantastic. It'd be a great way to sample stuff because as of right now, the best thing we can get to that is basically just bottle shares. Yeah. Or when you find Jack Daniel single barrel barrel proof in a 375 at Total Wine. Yeah. That's... I don't know what genius came up with that idea, at Jack Daniels, and I'm not using genius derogatorily here. I mean that sincerely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, in Kentucky. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. For the most part, finding the Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof is... Near impossible. Is very difficult in a 750. Which However, is wild. almost everywhere you can find that 375. So you're like, well, let's just strap on that like $6, $7 cute bottle tax. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> and, uh, it works on me. I'm buying two every time I see it. Like yeah. I, I fall hook, line, and sinker for it mm -hmm. because I love the whiskey, and I never see it. So if I see it in basically half sizes, I'm buying two. Got me a whole full bottle, boys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so what do you think about uh, these? Like, not lesser, but just more accessible lines. Do you enjoy them? I think it works for some premium brands, but I, not yeah. others. And that's where I have that weird caveat of I'd like the smaller bottles for yeah. some to try it. Yeah, I think that's a good a good alternative. Um, rose by any other name is still a rose. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it. You're it. It's, you're basically getting the exact same thing. It's probably just not got as much old juice in it as you would have gotten with, you know, the, the premium brands. Yeah. That being said, I do think that that's the point. So you introduce something, again, that is more accessible to people, and if they want to make that push and discover the premium products that that company has to offer, 
your, your evil scheme has worked. Yeah, and you've I, got your foot in the door. And That's to, the point of it. To to be completely honest, I I, I don't know why it, going from like I make exclusively high end products. Here's some cheaper ones that I would like you to try. It doesn't make sense to me, but every other brand, at least here in Kentucky, has been like, oh, here's our core base products. Also, we make this brand new shiny once a year release that's crazy and hard to get. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, give me. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. Like, it, it yeah. if going from that way, I'm totally for it. And going the other way, I'm like, ah, well, it's not. Well, I mean, it, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. You either have the product that you need for your premium releases, or you sacrifice it by putting it in the foot in the door for releases. Yeah, I guess that's my worry is that they're going to be taking the reject product and putting it in there. And I think that we've kind of we've felt that every now and then. I, I apologize, I can't name anything in particular, but I do think that we have kind of seen that from certain brands from time to time yeah and i mean i'll call one out i've been on you know a couple of new riff picks now there's some times oh, yeah. where you go in and you taste one of them and you're just like that's a dud yeah it just needs more time you know but like that was a legitimate barrel that was offered to you uh when you went yeah. and you know i think you feel that anywhere you really do a barrel pick i mean i've heard multiple people from knob creek going like sometimes you get one barrel out of the four and that's great yeah. the others are just fine and at that point, it's just kind of like, well, which of these is the lesser of the evils? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is not necessarily how you want to go in picking stuff, because yeah. you want to put something out that's really good. You but, do. But, you know, if if you go to a distillery and you do a pick and you're like, I don't like any of these, can we try something else? And they just straight up say no. Oh, buddy, you just got to stick with what you got, man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're 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 fighting a losing battle at that point. Yeah, just so. pick whatever's best for whoever you're giving it to yeah. or selling it to. Personally, in an ideal world, I would like to see more premium brands offer entry-level products. Or I, I just I just don't know if it's entirely feasible. I get your, your idea. I get your issue with, well, maybe they just wouldn't have enough for their their actual premium products. I just want to see what that world looks like. Yeah. You know, I want a world. I think it could be really, really good for the whiskey industry. I want a world where everyone does that Johnny Walker sampler, where it's just like base product all the way to premium. And I can just go, you know what? I'm going to buy the barrel line and then I'm just going (laughs) to get all this. (laughs) That'd be nice. Could you imagine a Bardstown bourbon company did that? I'd love it. I would be all freaking over that dude. If they, if they decided, you know what? Hey, we've got, 50, 60 bottles of that uh, that Armagnac finished one that everyone lost their mind over. And they're like, what if we broke that up and rebottled it into 50 mLs and we just put it out? I would lose my freaking mind. <laughs> I would. I, I, know, I really I would. Know. I would probably buy two of those and they could probably even be the price of the original bottle. And I would, you know, for the two of them, and I would probably still do it. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I would. I really would. I tell you what, man. I miss when Bartstown Bourbon Company used to send samples. They haven't done that in a while. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. But you know what? I'm still going to buy it. (sighs) 
I I want to. Yeah. I did pass up a bottle of Discovery for the other day, though. I've had I've had both three and four. I do prefer the three. Do you? Yeah. Well, it's not that I preferred. Okay, one or the other. It's just that I. It was one hundred and thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. At what? Like one hundred and fifteen proof, one hundred and ten proof, maybe. Yeah. And I was like. But they've got a good Knob Creek pick over there for half of that. It's It's been heavily suggested, I'm not going to say outright told, but that it's majority beam. So that makes sense to me. Yeah, Three was special. I get it. I like it. I think it stands up really well to some other bottles. It was worth it for me. Yeah. The four, I get it. You got two good Knob Creek picks over there you can pick up for the same price. I, And, you know, if three pops back up again, I'll probably buy one. I know where some's at. Hey. That's a problem with me, man. It's, it's, <laughs> you yeah. are you. I, I guess the what we're seeing is like the remnants in your hardware of the Bourbon Finder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it's, the, it's good. the latent capabilities. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want to do a review? Let's do it, man. It's nine forty p.m. It is, and I'm still wearing my work uniform. How's that feel? Uh, it's it's a feeling. <laughs> you haven't even rolled your sleeves up. Yeah. You're not a sleeves rolled up guy, are you? I am. I just tell Are you? Yeah. I never really noticed that. Because uh, I don't wear long sleeves. Because uh, the, the ah. short sleeves ones, they come pre-rolled. So. <laughs> <laughs> what you missed, audio <laughs> listeners... Was a great visual representation of my brain just breaking at that comment. <laughs> I had no response to that insane statement that they come pre-rolled. Never in the history of man has anybody ever said, I like short sleeves better because they come pre-rolled yeah. as a long sleeve shirt. Yeah, it's a long sleeve cutoff. So you something. heard it here <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> Let's review this barrel batch 28, why don't we? Yeah. So it's 108.86 proof. You know, I blindly trust them on every proof point. <laughs> I don't care. I do. I, I, do I too. really don't care. It is always so good. <laughs> Let me see <sighs> if I can uh, pull up. Yeah, here we go. So this is from Barrel themselves. First off, I want to say every sample that we get of barrel is provided by them free of charge. So we have not been influenced one way or another for our views, but we thank barrel for giving us free samples of whiskey. So barrel bourbon batch 28 blend of 10 and 11 year old barrels created from a quote unquote marriage of three distinct subgroups of barrels. The final blend presents a book. Oh, don't want to read the tasting notes uh, distilled and aged in Tennessee, Kentucky and Indiana. With an SRP of $90 a bottle. There's that glugging again, man. I'm uh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I don't even know what you were going to say. It's probably for the best. Don't worry about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Boy, that nose is good, though. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's like roasted toffee with some pine nuts. It's almost like a, like a dreamsicle thing going on. It does, too. Like, I, I am picking up on some of the darker 
notes at the moment. Yeah. But if I really kind of pay attention to the top notes as well, I mean, it, it is a sweet nose. Yeah, it's got like a else. orange vanilla kind of thing going on. It is rich. <laughs> it, is it is dense and it is rich. And I tell you, man, I'd make a candle out of it. I would. Yeah, it's even got like <laughs> just kind of in the middle. Someone got like a root beer thing oh, going on. I picked that up as soon as you said that. Oh, it's and there's nice. even like brown sugar in there as well. What is this nose? It's uh, this the is soda inc- machine when you just <laughs> just all the way down. What's what show is that where they're like I do? It's like I do My one life. of everything. Oh, fine. Yeah, I'm just. It feels like an Andy Dwyer thing. It sure does. Yeah, the Andy Dwyer thing. <laughs> I just like the idea of him sitting there and doing every combination at the Coke Freestyle machine for like 40 minutes before he sits down with his Qdoba. Oh my. Whoa. Hello. I like that. (laughs) A lot. It's really, really good. It is. It is. It's funny because it starts out so light and it has this building heat to it. It does, yeah. It's almost like it 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 reads on my palate like the hill leading up to the top of the roller coaster. Yeah. But it doesn't go downhill from there. It just kind of keeps Yeah, I'm going gonna, and going and going. Like traditionally when I have a, a whiskey that leaves me with this kind oh. of like finish I almost want to say it's like lack thereof. Like it just doesn't have much of a finish. There's just no transition. It just like it's a perfect transition from palette to finish. The finish has one of my favorite notes on a finish. Oh, did I say fish? Fish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on a fish. <laughs> I might have said finish. I might have said fish. I honestly don't know. Something. Play the tape back. You got your iPhone. I. Uh, it's got one of my favorite notes on a finish, toasted marshmallow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hands down, one of the best. I I love that note anywhere on a whiskey. But when it's on a finish, that is a guarantee that I'm going to go back for another sip. And I am going to enjoy that for a long time. The length on the finish is almost, almost infinite. I'm not able to speak at the end of the episode for some reason. I mean, th- this is incredible mm. this is one of the best barrel batches i've had in a long time yeah i mean the palette's just like marshmallowy toasty spiced cherries almost mm-hmm. like it's it's good a little bit of clove slightly yeah slightly yeah oh no can i not open this i wanted to compare batch 27 <laughs> They're all so different, and I, I like that there's no unique, like, defining factors for Dickel, for MGP, for wherever they're getting out of Kentucky. Like, it's it's the, the blend of all three of those. It's a very nondescript, tasty blend of all three. None of them are poking out as, like, a dominant thing. Do you want to try? Sure. I can't open it. <laughs> I did this today at work. I gotcha. Literally had a lady come in with a 175 as fed cunt. She's like, I took it home. Couldn't open it. It's impossible to open. And I opened it and I was like, I'm a man. Shut up, lady. This is the best all this is the best thing I can do all day. I can't help anyone else. <laughs> that and watch people get squirted in the eye with uh, hand, sanitizer. hand sanitizer. Yeah. 
after the second time that we did that, hey, you got it. On the pregame chats, did you figure out why I wanted you to say that again the first time? Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I put it together. Uh, I'm glad. You can have. You can try some if you want. Oh, I'm good. Okay, that's fine. Got to drive, unfortunately. Oh, uh, yeah. I got to take care of it. The reason I wanted to compare is because I don't remember Batch 27 being as good as this. I do have uh, issue keeping batches in my head I agree. of like, which ones I enjoy because they come out so frequently. But the bottom line is they're all pretty good. Okay, Batch 27 has a great nose, though. <laughs> it's just... What am I going to do here, man? Shocker. Barrel bourbon's good. Like, I mean, who's surprised? Oh, man. 27 drinks way hotter than than 28 does. Yeah. Maybe that's a good... It's a good metaphor for what my life's going to be mm. in August. Ah, yeah, I don't like 27 nearly as much as I do 28. Man. 27, I think I am actually picking up more of the, like, dickle notes. Like, I can kind of break it, break it down a little bit more. Yeah. It's still good. I'm not going to say it's, it's bad by any means, but I just, I don't think it's as cohesive as 28 is. Yeah, that's fair. I want to see a, a batch of the batches. Where you just, you got like 1 through 28 all in one blend. I'm curious what that super blend would be like. 30. Just put it all together. <laughs> Wouldn't that be 1 through 29? Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. Shut up, Harry. I'm over that bit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take another sip of this before we get to reviewing. But um, do you want to explain the review system this week's one? Oh, yeah. We got a review system of nose, palette, finish, and price going out of uh, out of five for each one. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. We just go through and kind of rank it. Fifteen's kind of the solid definitely pick this up. Anything over tens, definitely like give it a try if you get the chance. Mm-hmm. If it's under ten, you can save your time. Yeah. At least if you kind of align with their palettes. Yeah, that's very true. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. That's one of the better whiskeys I've had in a while. You know what we haven't done in a hot minute? It's just reviewed a stinker. Like, <laughs> oh, next week, I gotcha, buddy. Are, really? I got some stinkers for you. Oh, boy. We, ooh. Swan I, takeover. Are we, doing, are we doing another bad whiskey episode, killing our palates? Yeah, absolutely. If we do that, can we do a last call so that we can get that taste out of our mouths? Absolutely not. You're stuck with it forever. Dadgummit. <laughs> Please? Yeah, sure. I gotcha. <laughs> All right. So, nose? I gave it a four and a half. I did, too. I think it's phenomenal. It's really good. And guess what? I gave the palette the same score. <laughs> <laughs> I like this so much, man. It's so good. It just is... I'm not surprised anymore with the quality of barrel. What I get surprised with is what is actually going to be in that bottle. 
You know, the most surprising thing with me for Barrel, and thank God they've sent us so many samples to try their products. It's never one that I reach for, but when I do finally reach for that bottle, I don't drink anything else till it's gone. Yeah, I know. Every single time. It's like I forget how good it is over and over and over again. It's insane how much I forget about that company. And like, as, as much as I love Rare Breed, I can't keep it around because I just, I love it so much yeah, and I drink it so quickly. It's just, it's the best, man. I, I had the revelation this past week. I think Rare Breed has overtaken 101 for me. It's totally fine. I think it, I think it just hands down has become the replacement for 101. And I mean, I'd say probably seven or eight times out of 10, on a week on a weekday basis, not weekday basis, but like a daily basis, I would probably go for 101, just kind of start things out. But <laughs> I'd rather spend the money and get rare breed. That's fine. I mean, I wish rare breed came in a handle, but oh, <laughs> hey, wild turkey, I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> we got this idea for you. Talked about innovating your company. Hey, do you want to buy a watch? <laughs> I'm imagining we're in long trench coats. Yeah. I open mine and I say, do you want to buy so a watch? It's just a barrel thief on the inside of a trench coat. Oh, heck yeah. God, yeah. Could you imagine? No. I, I literally can't. My brain doesn't work that way. Yeah. Uh, my palate, I gave it four. Yeah, fair enough. I thought it was good. I like it. I think the nose is better. It's got some... I like the palate better. Yeah. I just... But I know I gave it the same score, but I think that they're equally... Like, as far as the quality of them goes, I think they are very equal. But I just enjoy the the palate more i do enjoy drinking things that is yeah yeah i you go first on the finish finish i also gave it four i gave it five (laughs) you you are a sucker for the toasty marshmallow stuff i can't help myself i i love it so much it's it's almost a quality that i look for in premium brands yeah. And it's almost kind of like a benchmark for me sometimes too with some of these these older higher price premiums. Like it, if if it's got that note, I'm like, "Well, hot dog. <laughs> this is a winner in my book." Yeah. But it it's not it's not just that. It also has a really lengthy finish to it. It's got a lot of depth. I'm still going through it and going, oh, there's some graham cracker on there as well. Maybe it's just a s'mores. Maybe the finish is just a s'more. Yeah. Do you call them s'mores or s'more? What's the singular? S'more eye? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, price at $90. I gave it a four. Yeah, that's the, the lowest part for me. Uh, it's just because there are other products that I... Economically are easier to to reach for, but I will say, as far as limited releases go, this is killer. Ninety bucks is a great price for it. Um, you know, <laughs> you can't go wrong with a ten to eleven year old bourbon. You can't for ninety dollars. The only thing better in value I can think of off the top of my head is Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things that I I do think value-wise are better. Knob Creek. Oh, yeah, of course. Elijah Craig. Old Granddad 114. Rare Breed. All right, buddy, I get it. (laughs) But, like, those, that, that, I just, 
probably listed all of them. Yeah, I think, I think you but did. But like that's that's the only thing that's keeping me from doing that. And I I think that it's hard for me to look at a ninety dollar price tag and say this is justifiable regularly. They're not shooting for that crowd. That's fine. Yeah, for it sure. does knock the score down a little bit. But yeah. a four for a ninety dollar one, I don't give out too many. You know, over sixty. Three and a half and above, so you know, price or value or whatever you want to call this category is it, it's easily the most subjective one, yeah. I think. Um, if a nose is good, you know it, if a palate is bad, you know it, and it's just kind of filling in the blanks at that point, yeah. But as, <laughs> as far as like how much you're willing to pay, it's case by case, you know. I it mean, is. I when when I had my brother on the podcast for the first time, I think we were, we had like a Wathens barrel proof, and it was you know eighty five dollars for it, and he was like, I would never pay that kind of money for a bottle of bourbon. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's like a Tuesday <laughs> for me. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like that's it's just so commonplace for me that, and it, maybe I'm a little bit more skewed, but at the same time. You know, I, I I think that it does help kind of balance everything out in terms of, you know, would I buy this over Rare Breed? Would I buy Booker's over this? Yeah. You know, I think personally, this has got my vote over Booker's. I think so, too. I, I think that even if you go into like a Kroger Wine and Spirits and you find it for $75. Booker's started to lose me when they really kind of have that collectible mentality and it's not at a collectible price not anymore yeah it's just not it's, anymore it's hard for me to get behind it and uh-huh. i like it every time that i get it there's not a single batch that i just just blatantly dislike i, I just, don't know blue knight's batch that was my first one yeah but i, just, I will say though i think blue knight's batch was one of the thinner profiles it was just peppery with not a whole lot yeah. of extra depth yeah yeah a lot of Even alcohol then, burn go back to it i've had it at a bar since then i thought it was fine you yeah know? exactly uh it's exactly. just it's hard for me to justify the price i still need to figure out how to get samples from beam <laughs> good luck i don't think i've seen anybody get those again we've said this very very recently but breaking bourbon did so we're not breaking bourbon i know this is the, literally like a copy and copy and paste conversation yeah. but i'm still gonna try hey like, you can always try i don't see i don't see why i shouldn't Anyway, uh, I gave this a total of 17 out of 20. 16.5. Wait. I think yours is higher. Oh, yeah. It's 18. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. This is a definite buy for me. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, it, it's, it's hard to... I, I'm going to have a hard time passing this up, honestly. If I see it, I'm going to be like, yep, coming home with me. Totally fine, man. It's it's good stuff. I yeah. think they deserve more recognition than they get. Yeah. You are fading fast, so let's burn through uh, some tips and bits. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, one of the guys that I've been listening to for a long time just put out a new album, and his name's Quadeca, and he put out an album like years ago. Uh, and I think at the time he was like 17, like he was really young. And uh, he just took like two years to just decide, I'm going to learn how to produce music more so than I had. Very simple, rudimentary, like I want to rap over this and kind of do like a unique but still 
kind of like easy project. Like he called it voice memos, his first one, so that he could literally have that kind of like uncut aesthetic. Yeah. And then this next one is just bonkers. It, you played some for me before we started recording. It is so good, man. There's so much depth to literally every single thing. Uh, and like, it's not, it's not like traditionally where people find something. I'm like, oh, this is a cool beat. I want to rap on it. They, he literally catered every single song to, you know, the one, like the beat that he made. Like it was just as strange, but it's worth a listen. Really like the stuff. Uh, not every song is going to be for everybody, but I mean, if you dig into the artist, it's, it's great. So I am approximately... I don't know, like 20 years behind on this. Mm. Uh, but I got a Nintendo 3DS this week. Okay. The XL. Yeah. Dude. What'd you think? I freaking love it. I So I had a 2DS. Yeah, me too. And not, not, the, not the 2DS XL. Like just the 2DS that came out alongside the 3DS when it first came out. Yeah. And it was good. It served its purpose for a while. But the screen is so small and I got so spoiled by the Switch that... I was like, I've got to upgrade to something better. And the th- you, you, you disagree? don't need to upgrade. I, I love d- my little doorstop. He nah, does so good. Nah, I, I had to, man. The thing is, like, I, again, I was very spoiled by the Switch. But I also, like, if I'm going to enjoy a game, I want to enjoy it to the, the best of my abilities. Right? And <clears throat> this that is coming from the guy who's played... Breath of the Wild for over a year now on a little LCD screen that came on the Switch. But yep. honestly, like, I couldn't go another day playing the Ocarina of Time remake on this screen where I saw about half of what was going on and scratching my head the other half. Like, <laughs> it just, it, it didn't, I just got kind of fed up with it. And I was like, I got to do this. I got to make this this move. It was not that expensive. I bought a used console, used version. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I'll probably make at least half of that back <clears throat> when I sell my, my 2DS. So. Yeah. And it's Nintendo, too. If you wait long enough, they just remake the game you just bought on the last system over again <laughs> for the new one. Yeah, about that. <laughs> I'm a sucker, man. Like, Okay. Nah, I'm not going to go into it. It's, it's not a ju- lot to go into. It is not just you. That is the entire thing with Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. They thrive on that. It's... Uh, and here's... Okay. Fine. I'll say a little bit about it. They... Yes, they do like to charge people twice for the same game. However... They've done a good job with Virtual Console when it comes to NES and Super Nintendo. Yeah. They have totally dropped the ball on the N64. And the GameCube, for that matter. Because their control patterns are terrible. Well, but here's the thing. The... Daggone it, you're right. Yeah, because there's more buttons, physically more buttons on all of those. Okay. Yes. But. Oh, man. My brain's not working right now. You were able to play certain 64 games 
on the Wii through their virtual console. Yeah. Right? You had to have the right controller for it. Again, though, going back to controller. I, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. But you could also, I think, couldn't you use the GameCube controller for that? Not well. It didn't translate well for uh, GameCube and N64 games. Okay. Well, to the point that they even made white Wii controllers that were wireless that were GameCube controllers that were just white. Yeah, I remember. They also had, like, the, the Wii Pro controller, mm-hmm. which was, I mean, just a... I mean, it looked cool, but yeah. it was another 60 bucks that you had to go spend. Mm-hmm. On top of the $60 you already spent for a game. Yeah. So... And when they do actually port this stuff, it's very lazy. Like Mario Sunshine, if you look at it, it actually says to use the X and Y buttons, which don't actually exist. Yeah, they they don't do anything. Yeah, but but they don't really exist on the Switch. Yeah. But I think there was even a Z button on the GameCube controller, I was wanting to say. Yes. Yeah. Yes, there was. It's just the whole thing's a mess. Well, but I mean, you... Okay, yes. This is getting way too technical. But you can use the L1, L2, R1, R2 buttons in place of the Zs, in place of... Yeah, but that's what the, I was getting at. It's like the Sunshine, they didn't rebrand those on the... Oh, no, they didn't that. do... They they, all that it. they did was upgrade the graphics to be HD resolution, and but they did nothing on the back end in terms of trying to rewrite code. Yeah, they to, literally just took it and they're like, put it in Photoshop, stretch, call it done. Oh, no, it was it was the right ratio. I mean, it's not stretched out or anything. It looks yeah. like it. I mean, it's the same dimensions. It's just, you know, they they didn't update anything. Yeah. The thing that has frustrated me the most about that particular port. I'm sorry, I'm rambling about video games now. <laughs> but Mario Galaxy is infinitely frustrating on the Switch Lite. It, through uh, Mario 3D All-Stars mm-hmm. because so much of it relies on motion controls that, or, or even just the Wii remote pointing at the screen to collect star bits. It's nearly impossible with the Switch Lite because you're not aiming at anything. You have to stop pressing buttons on the right side of the controller and start moving your finger around the screen to imitate the Wii remote pointing at the sensor. Yeah. You see, like, it, it is bonkers how lazy that was. And, and there are mechanics that don't work the same way. Like, I think there's a spin attack or something that doesn't work this, the exact same way that it did on, on the Wii. But it, it, and I love that game. I had so much fun, fun replaying it, even if it was just for nostalgia. But I, it paled in comparison to the original experience. Yeah. It was just, it, you're right, it was just lazy. I mean, Nintendo's just been, they've been good at that. They have. They're good at getting you to buy the <clears> same <throat> game four and five times and they just are. updating console to console. <laughs> I will say Zelda holds up very well. Oh, Zelda, <clears throat> even, and, and I have played a minimal amount of the original, but it's so hard. It's really a difficult game. Yeah. And oh, it frustrated me as a child. I just, I was just looking at my dad and be like, "Guess what I did? I hit a part that I can't fix that. And can, I don't know can, what to do." Can we play Pac-Man again, please? <laughs> yeah. And then I'd hand it to my dad, and 20 minutes later, he'd be like, "All right, I got you through this." Yeah. He printed out the whole manual and everything. So nice. I'm, I, I'm going on too many tangents. Let's just end it. Okay. We're good for this week. We're out of, yeah, got about an hour, hour and a half ish. Nice. We're good. Yeah. Hey, listeners, 
thank you. You made it this far. We appreciate and love you. You're the best. You're fun. And you have a great personality. And don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Oh, no. I gotta... We we spend a lot of time talking. I gotta hype up our listeners, too. Should yeah. I have done this at the top of the episode? No, I just... You're good. Go ahead. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Um, Swan's shutting the bit down again. <laughs> <laughs> great he's, personality. I've heard that <laughs> personally. And he's not even... Hurts. He's not but knowing me. He's not yes and in me. He's just straight up knowing me. Uh, it's an audio medium and he's shaking his head. Yes. Great. Hey, uh, where can people find you on social media, Swan? I'm at SwanTBF on Instagram. And I am at PRitter1492 on all social media channels. The show itself is at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com, except for our Glen Cairns, which say, this is my bourbon drinking glass, over at whiskeyambitions.com. Many thanks, as always, to Chad and Sarah of It's Bourbon Night for allowing us to host our glasses over there. You can, uh, let's see, leave a five-star rating and review of the show on the iTunes podcast app, or Apple podcast app, whatever it's actually called. And we see that internationally, too. So if uh, you have the capability to do that, and you're overseas, please leave a review. We would love to see that. It's a great way to help support the show, not just here at home, but abroad. So if people go into their app and they search for whiskey or they search for bourbon, you're about to make an emergency call there, Swan, on your iPhone. It's okay. Okay, cool. I need help. <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> but we'll read it out here on the show as well. It's a great, uh, you know, we like seeing it. It's cool. It's fun. Uh, 859-428-8253 is where you can leave a voicemail for our infrequent but fun barrel ring segment. You can send questions or comments to this in my bourbon shop at gmail.com. I go live every Thursday night on youtube.com slash this in my bourbon podcast. We have a video going up there for the first time ever. It's the first review next. Well, this week, I guess when this episode's coming out, I hope yeah. fingers crossed, unless something janky happens. I don't know, but big thing. You can become a supporter of the show. Patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month for five bucks a month. You get some bonus content like the pregame chats. And the last call. Both of those come out weekly. Pre-game the day before episodes. And last call the day after. Uh, we haven't done a last call in a while. We're going to get back to that very soon. Please stick around for it. We appreciate you. And uh, wanted to thank a new patron as well. Woo! Woo! Yay! Oh, not the guy who deleted some. That's funny. Um, <laughs> James Taylor. The one and only. James Taylor. Yeah. Didn't he join while, like, midstream or something? Yeah, he joined day? midstream uh, yeah. a couple weeks back, which yeah. was awesome. What so, James, thank you so much uh, for, for supporting the show. I meant to send you a, a, a welcome message, but you kind of got it on the live stream. So There you go. Yeah. Appreciate you, James. Appreciate everybody over at Patreon. You guys are the best. You keep the show going. You keep the lights on. You keep my computer from crashing. It still does it occasionally. Every now and then, and it's really infuriating. Yeah. I kind of just, you know, want to punt it. You could. I could. Don't but I shouldn't, it. because then you wouldn't get this wonderful podcast. Yeah. And we wouldn't see you next week, but we will see you next week. And until then, I'm Perry. And I'm Swan. And this is my bourbon podcast. Yeah.